All right. The show is now being recorded. And, uh, you know, it's interesting is you usually label the show at the end of the show, and I have to label it on Facebook at the beginning of the show, not really knowing what's going to be on the show. Right. So I just labeled it too much stuff. Hmm. Okay. There's just right. too much stuff. Kind of a catch-all. Yes, Dan. Yes. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from Humble and Fred Studios in Brampton, Toronto, and the western shores of Shemong Lake. And is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and GoDaddy. And now here are two men who have often thought of slapping each other. <laughs> <laughs> Don't care enough to bother. It's Humble and Fred. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm, I'd be afraid uh, if I went to slap Fred, I'd hurt my arm. <laughs> She'd be like, ow. I think I threw something out. Like, because I'm like a rock? Yes. Yes. Cause, no, I meant like just the emotion of trying to slap you. I'd throw something out, but yes. <laughs> have, um, have we ever hit each other in physical violence? No. That's no. the answer. Dan, have you and I ever uh, had any violence? Not in anger. Not any anger. I think we chased each other around a few times at CHAB and Moose Jaw when I, when I was your boss, which is appropriate, you know. <laughs> appropriate. Okay, there, was a, there was a time when we used to have, uh, you know, we used to have some tussles for fun. Yeah. That, that's such a delicious thought. Dan, your boss. <laughs> oh, I know. I just would love to, you know, talk about being able to do something for a day in your life. I would like to stand back and watch that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it set the tone for our relationship for the last 40 years. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. There is so much stuff to get to. Welcome back from the uh, Humble and Fred weekend, everybody. Dan Duran will join us a little bit later with the Dan Duran News. Uh, I, of course, by that time, we will have spoken about some of the biggest stories in the in the world of news. Is there something beside the Chris Rock, Will Smith slap that you'll be talking about, Dan, that we can... I'm, I have to weave through it all. All right. Yeah, I've got a couple of ideas I want to talk about, but yeah, don't want to... Yeah, no worries. on him yet. Okay. And, um, and of course, the, uh, if, that, if the slap hadn't happened and the Oscars just went off like, you know, a normal Oscars, which most people don't pay attention to anymore. Of course, the biggest story we'd be talking about is the passing of Taylor Hawkins. Is it Hawkins or Hawkins? Hawkins. Hawkins. Yes. And to that end, uh, reached out to Noel Kassler, our friend from, he used to work on The Apprentice, but he, he's done live shows around the world with big acts, the Rolling Stones and the Foo Fighters. Turns out he knows the Foo Fighter family, and Noel's going to check in with us in a few minutes as we talk a little bit about the passing of the uh, drummer of one of the most iconic bands in the world. I got, I got a feeling, too, that maybe he's had some uh, relationship on some level with Chris Rock, too. In yeah, passing. absolutely. Even if just in passing, like you and I in, at LaGuardia Airport so many years ago when we saw Chris Rock looking at magazines in one of the uh, one of the stores there. Yeah, I remember that. And that was was that the by the way, was that the trip that we were talking about with uh, Rachel and Delise the other night? Was that the your back trip? Yes. 
That was a, that was a funny trip because that was the evening you had to leave early because you drank too much and puked down the side of a taxi. That's right. And and our boss missed the flight home. And you had to lay down in the Meadowlands on the, on the cement oh, yeah. floor. <clears throat> but, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was also the trip. Was that the trip we went in to listen to Opie and Anthony? I think it was. It was. Yeah, there was yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff going on in that trip. Anyway, we were leaving New York, and I think it was you that pointed out to me that that was Chris Rock in the gift shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, on his way somewhere, leafing through a magazine. It was a thrilling moment. Speaking of Opie and Anthony, are they still a thing, or is that no. all? Is that over oh, no, that what? dissolved uh, several years ago, actually. I think right. one of them left first, and then... The other, neither of them are on Sirius anymore. So um, we, we can we can sit here and say without uh, risk of uh, uh, retribution or uh, whatever the word may be that uh, they weren't very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the last time we said anything about Opie and Anthony is when we yeah. talked about this New York trip, and then we got jocktobered by them. Which yeah. didn't turn out the way they thought it was going to. No, it was great, actually. No, it, yeah, it was one of the great. It wasn't one of the great things in the early part of the podcast years that kind of gave us some energy. Anyway, I was going to say it's a pretty busy show. Anyway, beside the Oscars, we were going to talk about the Foo Fighters, and coming back on the show today with another update on what's going on in the. I don't have it in front of me. What's the name of the 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 murders? The um, What's the name of the family? Yeah, the Sherman uh, billionaire. Family. The Sherman family. The Sherman, thank Sherman. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. The billionaire murders, the mysterious mysterious deaths of Barry and Honey Sherman. Kevin's coming back. In December, a story titled Toronto Police Announced, announced Suspect caught on videos in the, in the murders. Well, he'll be, uh, he'll be talking about that also. He recently covered the story of Mike Bullard's private investigator getting 18 months for attempts to blackmail Cynthia Mulligan. So we'll maybe talk about that. Yeah, that's uh, both are, are, are crazy stories, really. The Sherman thing, it's dragged on so long. It's really intriguing. I mean, for an investigative reporter or those who are eventually going to make a movie or something, it's pre- it really is intriguing, especially that that video of the guy walking by and he's sort of got a, a limp right this guy what do you call that when you have a anyway he just has this little thing to his walk which you think would have been a pretty big uh, piece of evidence but again like like so much else in that in that in that case it's it's going nowhere it seems um can i quote something you said just before we started recording sure that I thought was apropos, which is, you know, the war in Ukraine, Biden's speech, Taylor Hawkins, Hawkins dying. Hawkins. Hawkins, thank you. All of that will be replaced by the thing that most people on the planet will be talking about today is Will Smith smacking Chris Rock in the face. Yep. I, I didn't watch the Oscars. I actually wrote down why. And um, I, I and it's it's just lost its the 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 need to be. This is more of a radio guy thing. Years 
gone by, I would have absolutely watched it. You know I would have. Because you almost feel like you have to as broadcasters. Because you know you're going to be wanting to talk about it the next day. The difference is now... Yeah, of course, the big story is Will Smith. But even if it hadn't been, I can learn everything I need to know about the Oscars before we do the show together without ever having watched it. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yes. The urgency to watch it in real time. Although, like you, I wish I'd have seen, I wish I'd have seen this thing in real time. Well, Delise and Melanie, my daughter, were here just when the red carpet show started. So I flipped it on for them. I thought they might want to see it because, you know all the dresses and all that bullshit but they can't turn the tv on themselves <laughs> yeah <laughs> so then, and it sort of bled into the award so i watched them for about an hour but i shut it off long before the controversy yeah oh. well i don't know i mean you're this is going to bleed into noel which is going to sort of get us into kevin so let's start with this i mean you and i might as well take it here's the actual uncensored moment if you haven't by, by the time you download, oh yeah. By the time anyone is downloading this show, they will have seen parts of this. So here's, let's just play it once. Job tonight, Javier Bardem and his wife are both nominated. Now, if she loses, he can't win. <laughs> by the way, it's a great joke. It's and, yes, and it it's also a great Chris Rock joke. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That type of that's a lot of the stuff in his act is about mm-hmm. that. And it's a great joke. He's praying that Will Smith wins. Like, please, Lord. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane, too. Can't wait to see it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. OK, I'm out here. Oh, Richard. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Put my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. That was a... Uh... Greatest night in the history of television. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I know. That's what you call a showstopper. Yeah. Okay. Wow. 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 Yeah. And, you know, there's so much in there. I'm just scrolling it back now. So, first of all, for people who don't know, G.I. Jane was, to me, more like a movie from 20 years ago. G.I. Jane... You know, it's not, it wasn't, it's not a shot. She was a, a super fit, you know, soldier, etc. It's not really an insult. Yes, uh, Jada Smith suffers from alopecia. She shaved her head. But, and that was the thing about G.I. Jane. Demi right. Moore and that whole thing was... Because she had a shaved right head. Down, right. right down to the wood. So... What's interesting before, like the reaction, and again, watching Chris Rock's face, the reaction the joke gets surprises him because he's almost like, what? You know, because the audience laughs and then there's a bit of a mm-hmm. rumbling. Lord! Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane, too. Can't wait to see it. All right? 
So there's the initial laugh. And, and by the way, they cut to Will Smith. He's laughing. <laughs> but Jada, to be fair, Jada's not. And no, she looks a little embarrassed. She does. She does. Mm-hmm. To be fair. And did you mention she has a condition, right? I just said she has alopecia. Right. And in all fairness, because you know where I land on this, I think it's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. But as a comic, yes, that stung her a bit. And I get it. It's not. It's also not the first time in history Chris Rock in 2016 also made fun of her in some way. Okay. So just to, and, and again, just to not to excuse Will Smith, but to give him to give some context for why he would have done this. So there's the moment Chris Rock is kind of sort of surprised that the joke doesn't land. <laughs> right here. It's, that was a that was a nice one. Okay. So he thinks, come on, that was a nice one. It wasn't an end. Mm-hmm. And you know that those people know each other. That Will Smith and Chris Rock. I'm not saying that I know if they're friends, but they know each other. Anyway. I'm out here. Uh Uh-oh. Richard. (laughs) So he's laughing as... as, uh, He's laughing as Will Smith is walking up toward him. Still to this... Smack the shit out of me. He took my name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I know Snow's like, we were going to talk about Taylor, but first, let's talk about. Please. Let, let's just finish up uh, this part by just saying, like, I've never seen anything like this. I've been doing stand up since 1980. I've never seen it in a club, and obviously we've never seen it on a broadcast like this, but it was pretty... Well, you said the the joke didn't land well, obviously, because... It it landed well enough. Oh, no, but what I'm saying is that it didn't land better is because her condition, I guess, is well known. And people were sort of like, yeah, that's funny, but ooh, she has this condition. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what the world's like in situations yeah. like that. And I think that's where the breakdown was. And, you know, uh, as ridiculous as it was, I mean, who knows what she and Will and the family have gone through with this condition. Absolutely. And and it just bubbled and boiled to the top at that moment, I guess. And that's why I said, uh, I mean, to be fair, mm-hmm. it you know, it, it it's... It, there's all kinds of ex- there's all kinds of explanations. Noel Castler's sure. with us. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already set the table as to why you're here, but before we get to Taylor and the Foo Fighters, you know, as a guy that's been on stage and as a guy, Noel, that's produced stage, like how fucking wild was that? <laughs> Dude, let me weigh in. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. That's my business. I was in live television for 25 years. Award shows were the bread and butter of what I did. I work with that team. It was my really good friends for decades that got those guys when they came off stage last night. You know, that was insane. That was the most insane thing I've ever seen. I've known Chris Rock for 20 years. Like, we're not friends. He's not like, hey, Noel, but I've probably done three dozen shows with Chris Rock. 
like that award shows. Mm-hmm. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's a regular on the circuit in New York City. If that show was at Radio City, you know, he would have been a presenter as well. Chris Rock is a great guy and a brilliant comedian, in my opinion. He's I've been seeing him since 89. He's I think he's very funny and unique comedian. And he probably didn't even write that joke. That joke was probably written in the writer's room. And it's not like I mean, I hear what you're saying. Um Fred, but like it's not like she had cancer or something you know okay. what i mean it's it's alopecia and somebody yeah. probably wrote the joke because she showed up bald on the red carpet and they're like here's a good zinger to land the the will smith stuff is just straight up freaky and can i just say will smith is a freak okay i've oh, escorted okay. will smith twice you know and he's a weird weird dude he's a scientist scientologist you know and uh he and his wife have an interesting, interesting marriage. Let's yeah, I've read that. that. It's none of my business, but it's kind of one of those things where they it's like a Jared and Ivanka situation. <laughs> and uh, you can read into that what you want. But the joke, I think, that set off the emotion was at the beginning of the night. They made reference to that. And I was shocked about that. You made reference to what? No, I didn't see their the marriage. Oh, Dude, I see. I see. By most people, but that Will, I forget what the exact <clears throat> joke was, what it, what it was about, you know, Will and Jada's marriage. And okay. I was, okay. I, is a, a guy that doesn't dabble in the entertainment scene. Well, what is it? An open marriage or something? Yeah, the word yeah. is he's gay and she's gay and they have a family. Yeah, and a marriage oh, okay. No, but no. I, and, I, and I know I haven't kept up with that narrative for a while, but I am aware that there's been some stuff in their marriage. It's seen that, that it's not just this incident. There's lots of stuff about them and their marriage. But all that to say, whether it's, you know, and again, the joke landed. And, and as you say, Freddie, people kind of went a little bit. There was a little bit of like a ooh because it's it's alopecia. Again, she's not bald because she's, you know, fighting brain right. cancer. Right. All that to say that this is going to be the thing everyone's talking about, unfortunately, uh, because it was so unusual. But weirdly, and again, someone on the inside, Noel, what I found strange not only about it, is the idea that he didn't apologize to Chris Rock. And I want to ask you, why do you think that is? I think it was handled poorly, and I think everybody was in shock. And I think when the producers, and I know these people, look back on this, they're going to look back on it with a lot of shame. Because they not only didn't force will smith to apologize they kept cutting to him afterwards and showing him smiling like everything was all good yeah. right they showed clips of denzel comforting him yeah was, yeah that's the part i want to ask oh, they show so he's being comforted and then right. in his in his oscar speech he apologizes but how come he's, they don't reference chris rock who got slapped in the face I agree. And he didn't apologize for slapping him. He said, I love too hard, you know, so I'm a protector. Like his whole speech was, I got to protect these women on this set. Like what? Don't they have security on set? You know what I mean? You weren't protecting them. That that's a joke. It didn't land well, don't try. <laughs> you know what I mean? Know. Like you weren't pretend and Will Smith is notorious for having the largest trailer on the set. Like he is a diva, you know, and he's a powerful guy. And that was a question of, I believe, the producers like Will Smith's a lot more powerful than, you know, Chris Rock. Oh, yeah. We're all in shame. If you saw the Japanese feed, I know you just played a feed, but he's screaming at the top of his lungs. Oh no, I've he, got it, yeah. Right. It's insane. Yeah. Like have you can see what's her name? The Australian actress who's married to the country singer, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, 
she looked terrified for the rest of the night. Not that she was scared she was going to get slapped. No, just no I think shocked. that's plastic surgery. <laughs> that's right. That's what her face looks like. <laughs> yeah. She just has the permanent. Yeah, she just looks permanently shocked. Um, yeah, it was strange for a lot of reasons. I. It really is. It's funny. I mean, I, I, my brother, who Stephen, who produces a lot of stuff for Just for Laughs up here, and, and he knows a lot of comics. He sent me a tweet from Kathy Griffin this morning saying, well, I guess now comedians are going to have to kind of worry about audience members walking up and getting physical if they don't like something that the comic has said. I've never had that happen to me, although I've pissed an audience member off a few times to the point where I thought, I'd better avoid them after I get off stage. Don't you think that's a bit of a stretch, though? Or do you think this could open, no. actually open that door? Look, in the MAGA times, people are getting on stage. Kathy couldn't get on stage for two years because of the death threats she would get. You know, I have people sit, you know, Trump people obviously will come right. to my set and sit there and heckle me. I used to have the same lady come from Staten Island and just like heckle me at every show. Mm-hmm. And uh, not every show, but, you know. No, I know what you whenever mean. Whenever she could make it, I'd be like, you yeah. again. You know? I mean, I mean is, it, is it overreaction? Maybe, but it's still like, you know, it, look at the world we're living in. Uh, I, right. No, it was violence. Not to cut you off, but that was assault. He yeah. got up on. T- it used to be. Look, I was there for the soy bomb yeah. guy on the Grammys when the guy, you know, got behind Dylan and started dancing all crazy. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that. I was there for ODB. I was there to catch Sean Leventhal. She had just won a Grammy and was about to come off stage. And ODB from Wu Tang Clan ran on stage. And took her award and was like, right. Wu-Tang is for the children. <laughs> and I was there when I was there when Kanye did his thing at the VMAs to Taylor Swift, you know? Wow. Those were both handled like the incidents they were of trespassing. If you're on stage and it's not your set, like it's not your moment yeah. item to be on there, you have no business being on there. That was crazy. And if it hadn't happened to another black guy. Yeah, I was gonna say there's two things. Imagine a white guy got up and smacked a black guy or vice versa but but also i wanted to the reason i think that he didn't apologize to chris rock is because it's america and he's worried that chris rock is going to sue his fucking ass off yeah well and he should i think he should should. he should sue the hell out of wills i i have a feeling that those two guys will be talking today i do too and it won't come to that hey listen howard you me you me we all have our moments of course not like that uh, regrettable moments and i'm sure will smith didn't sleep much last night and i'm sure the first thing he wants to do today is probably talk to chris rock because you know what that shit's like you do yeah. anything oh, no i know of course yeah i do I'm I'm only, you know that only Howard. too you well <laughs> only too well all right can i, I knew, just say I knew, that i knew wanted? somehow this was, <laughs> this was gonna come back to no, 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 no. the times i've raised but you know what I, and i i gotta tell you the truth freddie if I were Chris Rock, I'd say, go fuck yourself, Will Smith, forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Chris Rock is going to be, you know, that there's a phrase. He'll be, Chris Rock's going to be dining out on this story for the rest of his, <laughs> for the rest of his life, man. Well, it's, 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 it was off the show. I mentioned, uh, what's his head, uh, Conan's line. 
that, that he oh, yeah, Conan tweeted, uh, uh, does anyone have a talk show I can borrow for just one night? <laughs> exactly. No, it's, it's the only bit you're going to uh-huh. hear about in every comedy club, you know, in America tonight. <sighs> Man. But, you know, it was pretty messed up. Like, it was. You know, he's a oh, performer. Yeah. He's, he's about to win an Oscar, which is the peak of a performer's career, right? You're a pro. He just did a bit. He did a joke. Give him the finger or something. Yeah. And the weird thing is, and we can move on, but Will laughed at the joke at the beginning. Oh, yeah. He only mm. reacted when he saw she didn't take it well, you know? Yeah. And you're right, Noel, because I, one of the reasons I, I mentioned in the preamble here that you're coming on to talk about the Foo Fighters and Taylor, and I want to get to that in a second, but, but you're right. He laughed at it first, but she didn't, and and we can make all kinds of, we're, both, we're all performers, yes, the joke didn't land, I've insulted people, watched their face, I could see it didn't work. You know, I've said stuff in front of people that offended people. I've had, I've gotten shit. Do you remember that that media thing where I was on stage and I've insulted one of the salespeople? <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah. All I know is this. It's a long way from being insulted to walking on stage and slapping right. a guy, another man in the face. Exactly. Yeah. Like, no. no. Go, go ahead, ahead. No. Go ahead. Well, he's supposed to be this sort of like role model, right? The whole movie was about role models that he was winning the award from. It was about family and fatherhood and setting an example and achieving excellence. And then he gets up and slaps somebody. What kind of message does that send to the little kids that you want to be inspired by the fact that, you know, a black guy's winning an Academy Award as he should. And then slap somebody. It reinforces like violence and stereotypes. And it also shows you where this country's at. Like we're just right. Man, some crazy yeah. shit, man. Although with the open marriage thing, you think he would have said something like, "Keep your dick out of my wife's fucking mouth." Or like that. <laughs> well, that was the thing. Right. Right. That would have been the best line. Be so pissed that he didn't have a better comeback. And kudos to Chris because he handled it like a pro. And I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine, like, man. I, I, so I said, like, you know that because, and I watched the video and I played it just a few minutes ago. But you look the look on Chris Rock's face is he's just not sure what to do. But if, I think also Chris Rock gave him a break, too. Like, Chris Rock could have eviscerated him. Like, Absolutely. Like, that's Chris Rock you just slapped. Not some fucking exactly. open micer. Um, right. All right, let's talk about the Foo Fighters. <clears throat> I, I, there, I had Mike reach out to you because I thought, you know, is there anyone that we know that would have been in that universe? And I saw, as I do, I follow you on Twitter, and I saw you talking about it and how shocked everyone was. And without the slap thing, we'd all that's all we'd be talking about today is yeah. first of all, give us your background, how you know the 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 group and how you know the family around it. It's heartbreaking. Um, I've known Dave, you know, he was in a band called Scream in DC before Nirvana. And my roommate essentially, we, we shared this kind of row house, was the bass player in that band and broke it up. And then Dave went out to Seattle and met up with this guy, Kurt, mm-hmm. and then came back to DC and Nirvana and was a big rock star. I went into live television right around the same time in 93. So by 96, Dave is in a new band called the Foo Fighters, and they're a staple of MTV. But I know his tour manager from the Nirvana DC days, and I just did a lot of gigs with them, you know, live TV stuff for decades. And they're great. They're like a family. So and I've known his manager for a long time. So Taylor was, you know, was like. The best memory I have is the Queen induction. Taylor loved Queen, and we got Dave and, and Taylor to play Tie Your Mother Down at the Queen tribute in 2001. And 
you know, Taylor was like what you saw on stage. He was just this joyful kind of rock character, this mm-hmm. surfer kid from Laguna Beach who was also like so normal backstage. They all are. Dave never changed. Dave is the same guy he was in D.C. like in the five months after Nirvana broke, he came back and opened a club so regular musicians could play and hung out in the same dive bars with us for a while. <laughs> you know, Now he's like a rock god, but he's never changed. And Taylor was that same guy. If you saw him backstage, he'd be like, hey, bro, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, he was he was humble and real, super talented and just a sweet, cool guy. And it's, you know, it's a tragedy. We all know, you know, I don't want to speculate the family asked for privacy, but I've had other friends meet a similar fate. You know, the road is dangerous. And if if you have issues that aren't being dealt with or, you know, you slip or something like it's just a terrifying scenario. He's sort of dying alone in a hotel room. It's a rock and roll cliche, but it happens for a reason, mm-hmm. you know, because there are elements of that life that'll kill you if, if you don't have them in check. They just, uh, all of them just, well, all of them are, other than Taylor, it turns out, just so grounded and like family guys, you know, whenever you see the documentaries, anything like that. That's what I always admired about that band especially dave just family guys grounded they they knew their shit that was the business this is family they were old enough to have moved on from that and that's the tragedy although i fell into a you uh youtube uh, rabbit hole there over the weekend uh, watching all these videos and dave did have many talks with him over the years about you know don't you don't want to be like kurt right yeah you well that's what i'm early, you don't want an early death Watch I wanted to bring doing. that up for Dave yeah. Grohl. Like, think about two of the most important people in his life as far as mm-hmm. music goes and having yes. to go through it again. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, again, it's stupid speculation, but, you know, no, that's th- th- those two guys were very, very close. Mm-hmm. Right. And the first that first band scream Skeeter, the guy, the bass player, he broke that band up because of a drug problem. And Dave was really pissed about that. Dave was into that band. There's other members of that band that were ended up being in the original Foo Fighters, too, by the way. Scream was a big band like they had an EP and toured Europe. So then he gets this other great band, Nirvana, you know, loses that genius lead singer. And at least I'm happy that he had such a long run with Taylor. You know, but that specter always hangs over those kind of guys, because like you said, they're they're family men. Mm -hmm. You know, the last time I saw the Foo Fighters, I'd done shows with them and Paul McCartney and I was at Nirvana's induction. But like I remember a show at this arena here in New York, the Continental Airlines Arena, right, right next to Giant Stadium. And it was the last show at the tour and they had a big party and they all had their kids there with like little pink headphones on watching the concert. And the after party is like in a hockey, you know, locker room. Right. you know, just family guys, a couple of beers, a bong hit or something. You know, Dave knew I was sober when I would work with them. You know, we did a big gig in, in Las Vegas with the Foo Fighters and the Queens of the Stone Age and Lemmy from Motorhead <laughs> and like, you know, CeeLo and like somebody else. Like it was just the craziest rock thing in the world. And it was in a hotel suite at the Palms. It was a remote for the VMA. So the main show was downstairs. We're all rocking out in this dressing room and like, you know, Lemmy's doing lines of meth and drinking Jack. It was like, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Right. And the after party had Suge Knight at it to give you mm-hmm. an idea. Taylor left and took a flight back to LA as soon as the gig was over. And this was, you know, a few years after he mm-hmm. had an incident on stage, you know, in, in Europe. So he, 
he had issues that he was dealing with. And from what I saw, it was a band that and a management. And I know this because I know them that understands that these are mature, smart people that, you know, right. would have afforded every protection and sensitivity to deal with those issues. But it's also a crapshoot, right? Mm-hmm. He smoked cigarettes. He was 50 years. He's my age. I'm exactly a year right. older than him. Like sometimes it is just your time, but it sounds like. 10 sub you know i don't want to get it well yeah that's not why we're when when those demons get their grip on you and and, you know other than dave i mean so often uh, well he was almost like the face of the band with dave it was you know a lot of publicity stuff and a lot of interviews he was always there with dave the other guys weren't well yeah and 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 you can't help but think, you know, on some level it's selfish. But again, with these demons, how do you say that? But my mind immediately went to what now? Like how because of his position in the band and how much of a face he was of that band, what do they do going forward if, if in fact they do? Well, and I thought the same thing, too. I yeah. mean, again, I didn't have the context that Noel just gave us. I had no idea mm-hmm. of Taylor's background in terms of uh, struggles and such, you know, I mean. You know, all of us are struggling with something. And but the idea what you just said about what happens now to the Foo Fighters. Yeah. You know, I couldn't and I get no disrespect to the other members of the band, but I don't know any of the other members of the band. I only know Dave Grohl and this Taylor guy. Well, Pat Smear, um, he married a girl that worked at Q107, actually, Howard. And Pat is the... uh, the guitar, He's the guitar, guitar player, who, okay. Who was, yeah, who was in Nirvana, too. So Pat's been through this <laughs> Who did Pat well. marry at Q107? Oh, I forget her name. We never okay. worked with her. Okay. We did. Um, and, so what do you yeah. think the band does now, knowing them as you do? It's horrible. I mean, and I don't want to say, like, I'm not best friends with these guys. You know, the tour manager, the manager's friends with me. I've known them for a no, long no, time. No, no, no. Again, it. but yeah. just your thought, knowing what, you know them better than we do. Yeah. What no, do you I, think? Okay. Fair enough. I've thought about it. I mean, here's the other thing you got to understand what you're they were at the apex of their career. They were the top band in the world right now. They had a big album. They had a film out. They were playing at the Grammys next week. Like it was 25 years building that band up. And they were not that they've never made money, but it was one of those years where you're the biggest band in the world and you reap a lot of rewards from that. So you got to think of it in terms of a corporation, right? That's a half a billion dollar corporation that's on the road right there. That's not just a band like it's people and it's music, but it employs 35, 40 crew members. It employs management, all these ancillary things. So that's like a Fortune 5 company that's now been ground to a halt, Mm -hmm. right? Where you have guarantees and all these bookings and contracts, right? They can get out of that in the near term and they couldn't have a better manager to help them because they have the same guy who was in charge of Nirvana as well. So they'll handle it. Well, they'll have to perform again. I, I don't, I don't see Dave, you know, wanting or any of those guys wanting to do it anytime soon. They just mm-hmm. need to take care of themselves as human and heal on the loss of their brother. But it was such a high profile position and there's yeah. so many people yeah. that are going to be hungry for that music. You won't replace him. I think you'll get like a Chad, you know, from the Chili Peppers or there'll be a like high profile. Drummer. Some guys sitting in. Uh, but I was yeah. going to say, as far as recording goes and again, taking nothing away from Taylor. But I mean, the Foo Fighters have another drummer in the band. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. well, I mean there you go. again, not to be, a, but you know, not mm-hmm. to be facetious, but I, when they're recording, I think they can find somebody else 
to, to also play drums in the band. I mean, it's a pretty good problem to have. Gee, who can we get to play drums? Right. Oh, the guy from Nirvana. He's here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Well, and, and look, they're going to have to do that. You're kidding. But creativity is how they're going to process sure. it. Like they're mm-hmm. going to be writing songs and he would want them to rock on. That's the other thing. You know, he was like, if anybody embodied the spirit of rock and roll, it was that guy. So he's going to want them to rock on. I think they'll do it. They just need time and privacy to heal some wounds. And then I think they know that their fans are going to need the healing that their live shows because their fans are left in the lurch, too. And they have fan fans like people tattoo that. You make some good points about the corporate uh, structure of a band like the Foo Fighters. Freddie, uh, let's uh, start wrapping up. I was just going to say, yeah, and already the conspiracy stuff has started that because they were uh, the Foo Fighters were pretty strict with vaccines going into their shows and they were right on top of that angle and now it's his heart exploded because he took the vaccine. Right. That's yeah, that, well, yeah. that's, that's that's already started. You know what? Exactly. Hats off again, America. <laughs> exactly. You know how we roll. Yeah, I, you know? Hey, dude. I, I, uh, I we don't have time, but I, I thought of you too when I was listening to uh, Trump from the hate rally this weekend. Like, oh my God. I, I listen. I know that. Papa Joe is an old grandpa and he doesn't always make sense, although he made some pretty good sense this weekend. But Uncle fucking Donnie is, <laughs> he has no more words. I know. You heard the F bombs he was dropping? Oh my no. God, yeah. No, I didn't. I heard his speech about gas, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, did you? No, but he was dropping, yeah, he was dropping F bombs. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was oh hilarious. My God. Listen, yeah. Noel Caster, what a resource. Thanks, man. We appreciate you being our buddy and. Thank you, guys. Uh, and we'll, uh, Noel will be back. I'm not even sure when you're booked, but we'll see you in a few weeks. Thanks, Noel. At you got Noel, it, guys. And Thank follow you. him on Twitter as I do. And uh, all the best to you, kids. See you soon. Thank you, brother. Bye. All right. Bye, Fred. See you later, Noel. He is not our Gig Sky guest of the day. No. Uh, that'll be Kevin Donovan in a second. But uh, this program is brought to you by some very fine folks, Fred Lick. Yes, like the Chamber Plan, uh, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. This can be done, people. If you have a small business, go to chamberplan.ca today. Get a free quote. Find out how it can work for you. Whether your company's, you know, 50 people or two people, it doesn't matter. There is a plan for you and very affordable. They do a great job on keeping the uh, premiums down as well because for a small business, you know, you can't deal with that fluctuation, can you? Anyway, chamberplan.ca. Take the time today. Find out what it's all about. Read all the testimonials. Yes, a benefits package for small business, chamberplan.ca. And, of course, GoDaddy. Where? GoDaddy. You've heard us talk about the fact that you can start your website for free. That's no money, by the way. Free means no money. And no credit card is even required. When you visit GoDaddy.ca, you learn more about their 25 years of servicing over 20 million customers around the world. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. There's no better time than now. I've told you that. With GoDaddy, you can find your domain, easily create your website, and finally bring it to life. With GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support, they'll be there to guide you every step of the way. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Um, I guess what I am uh, still trying to figure out to process uh, in terms of the reaction. Oh, and by the way, here's a sweet tweet I, I, before I leave this. Uh, 
Uh, Letterman says on Twitter, one of the few drummers, our drummer, Anton Fig, would leave his kit to watch. Uh, when the Foo Fighters appeared on the show, a true rock and roll giant, this is very sad, referring to uh, Taylor Hawkins and the fact that uh, his his uh, house band drummer used to be a big fan, so that's sweet. Um, anyway, the uh, what's disturbing about it is the fact that, you know, like, you just feel for Chris Rock and you feel for, you know... I don't think it's an overreaction that this is going to embolden some nut job to walk up on stage and do the same thing. But that isn't even the biggest takeaway for me. The biggest takeaway is Will Smith basically tarnished this night for, you know what Oscars are like? This will be the thing they talk about forevermore. And unfortunately, not his great performance in that movie, which I loved. Well, look at something like uh, Janet Jackson's uh, like nipple flip or whatever they called that. How, yes. How, how big that was. And so people still talk about that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> no, All I that know. was a little nipple slip. Now, what about, again, this literally an assault on the stage? Because it was. I mean, yeah. by the book, as you guys say, it was. There's no doubt about it. Even on some level dangerous, because I'm sure he didn't expect it. Like, whack. Like... <laughs> It was a good smack. No, I know it was. It wasn't like a theatrical little tap on his cheek, like, you know, shame on you. It was a Mm -hmm. smack. But you said something before the show used the word narcissistic, you know, and I'm running through my mind, like, you know, that that moment where Will decides to do it. And and again, I, I can relate to it. You can. That moment of rage where you're not really thinking straight. Like, what, what was that process? Here I am at the Oscars. I'm, you know, it's a, a worldwide audience. And it, it, that trigger, that switch flipped so fast to go up and do what he did. It's like, where does that come from? That It was such a big decision. Obviously, there was no decision made. No, just, exactly. Just a reaction. Well, you know? that's the part I, uh, yeah. I can't speak for you, but that's the part I can certainly relate to. I can really, I'm not saying that it's not something that I... I'm not, I'm not, you know, I can't, I can see the look on Will Smith's face. I'm watching the clip now. Um, I'm not, but I didn't come up with the narcissism. Right. Somebody, I've, I've been reading it all over, you know, this is in the Daily Mail and it says, seems like Will Smith's plan to get comedian in the world not to make jokes about him is not going to pan out. The Williams family must be furious. Pure narcissism wrote this author and you and you said well why is that narcissistic so narcissistic behavior and i just went and looked it up self-centeredness arising from the failure to distinguish the self from external objects either you know um you know a, a sense of entitlement a lack of empathy a need for admiration as characterizing a personality type and that's what you're seeing is will smith thinking he needs to react in this way but to continue to say those things he said to Chris Rock, to, to double down at that moment is a narcissistic characteristic. Yeah. Well, and Noel sort of backed that up with uh, telling mm-hmm. us what he knows about him. He has to have the biggest trailer, and he's a bit of a diva. Or, uh, so, I, yeah, you see where that comes from. But, you know, if, if you... If, if you could be around Will Smith today, I mean, that would tell a lot about him. <laughs> yeah. Just, like the day after when you have time to think about what you've done. Uh, 
it'll be interesting to see what unfolds. Um, I'll tell you what, we'll come back in a, uh, a few minutes, maybe Dan and I, and you can uh, batter this around. Also, I've got, uh, you sent me the Will Smith apology and uh, some other aspects of this. Also, I know a lot of people are curious about the big dinner. Uh, we may get to that uh, later, probably tomorrow. A lot of people curious as to how the uh, Fred and Howard dinner went with uh, our wives and loved ones. Uh-huh. Yes. But first, let's talk to Kevin Donovan. Kevin Donovan's always interesting to have on this program. He's a chief investigator reporter, uh-huh. chief investigative reporter at the Toronto Star. He is also the Gig Sky guest of the day. There he is from his home office with, uh, look at you. Look at you, Kevin Donovan. <laughs> How are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you, gentlemen, on this fine morning? Every day's a gift. Well, you know, I'm a little bit... I was. Were you in the city of Toronto this past weekend? Uh, yes, I have just returned from away. Yeah. Were you here when it started snowing sideways yesterday? <laughs> yes, yeah. You know, it's it's the big lie of spring in southern Ontario. It's like, oh, spring is here. Well, I guess <laughs> we put that winter weather behind us. Anyway. Uh, well, and welcome back to the program. It's been years. Kevin and I and Fred have been uh, talking about various stories, uh, whether it was the... You know, Rob Ford having vodka out of a paper bag in some Etobicoke Park. And now his focus for quite some time have have been the billionaire murders, the mysterious death of Barry and Honey Sherman. That's Kevin's uh, book. And Kevin, I just we love checking in with you. What are some of the updates? Uh. We probably should have scheduled this for late April because uh, that will be the next, uh, hopefully, a big update. Uh, uh, I, I've written a number of stories over the last few months about uh, the murder and the, and the investigation, and uh, I'm waiting for the judge to rule on whether uh, a significant uh, large amount of search warrant documents can be released. One of the things I'm really focusing on is what I call the elephant in the room. Uh, I did a story uh, a little while ago on how uh, there's three people that certain parts of their police interviews, in fact, in some cases, all their police interviews have not been released. That's the cousin, Carrie Winter, uh, Frank D'Angelo, uh, Barry's uh, close friend and uh, sometime business partner, and Jonathan Sherman, the son. And I've said it's the elephant in the room that, that this stuff is all sealed. Let's see what uh, what they told police uh, uh, so we can have a complete airing of this. Uh, it's been more than four years in this investigation, and, and uh, no charges laid. Did you say Frank D'Angelo? Yes. Um, Howard and I had lunch with him one day at his place at the, uh, you know, the factory, whatever it was, and there was a little restaurant there, and we went in to have lunch with Frank, and uh, we went to sit down. He says, no, I have to sit there. I uh, uh, I, I never sit with my back to the door. No. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But the thing was, a lot of guys would say that as a joke. But in that moment, it was like, is this guy serious? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I got this. I've had the same treatment. I, yeah. But like, how is Frank D'Angelo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you said that, I said, yeah, I remember that story. But the weirdest thing you said was, is Frank, I thought he, he doesn't mean Frank D'Angelo. Like yeah. he was involved. Like that guy was involved with these people. Mm-hmm. Watch what yes. you say, Howard. Watch what you say. <laughs> That's right. In, uh, yeah, in 2011. Get Frank D'Angelo's name out of my fucking mouth. Sorry. 
Uh, I actually think uh, Frank's a, a pretty good guy, to be quite honest. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's been helpful uh, in hooking me up with a lot of, of, of Barry Sherman's close friends uh, over the last four years. But his involvement in this is that, that uh, well, first of all, as I've reported in my book uh, and in The Star, there are a lot of people um, in the, the Sherman family, children who didn't like Frank. They didn't like him because he comes on the scene uh, in 2011, starts working uh, uh, his various schemes. Barry funds them, uh, including movies. Barry was exact was the executive producer of all of Frank's movies really? until he oh, died. I see. Uh, they were very close. I think that Barry, I mean Barry Sherman and Frank Angelo are, are as different as oil and water. I, right. My take on it was that that Barry didn't have a lot of opportunity in his. Uh, um, slightly nerd-like world to feel like a, a guy. I hope I can still say that. And uh, as you described, Frank, you know, says things like that, invites him to his dinner. Uh, Barry would probably like it if uh, he'd say, you know, I have to sit here and, and bring the wine. And, and, and uh, so, and he made him feel quite different uh, than the normal button-down scientist he was. And uh, so he, and uh, Barry funded uh, a lot of Frank's uh, Schemes and uh, and the kids, uh, particularly Jonathan, did not like that. And I think Barry thought of Frank as his as kind of a hardworking son, if that makes any any sense. Sure. Uh, and uh, but you can see so, why it's surprising to put those two names together. But now what you say may, it makes complete sense. It was a chance for a guy like Barry Sherman to hang out with a, a completely different character. And believe me, we had great experiences with well, Frank. Well, we were actually on Being Frank as yes. guests one night. Yes, and as was I. Yes, yeah, were you? Yeah, you know, Kevin, the reason we were in that restaurant was because Frank wanted to explore an idea. This is way back early yeah. 2011, 12, whenever it was, about mm-hmm. us coming to be on his online network of some kind, and we were going to go off, and, and he wanted to sort of buy the show. Mm-hmm. We just at the, the only reason we balked at it is because we couldn't figure out how we were going to make any how the money was going right. to come. It doesn't right. matter though, but he's a real yeah. character. Mm-hmm. But in this in this context, odd to hear his name associated. So what? Um, I mean, the last update we had there was the update about the the guy the suspect caught on video. Maybe yes. just update our audience about that, and then we'll talk a little bit about where you're at with your investigation. Yeah, so, uh, uh, and it does come back to those three names I mentioned, but I'll, I'll get to that. Uh, last December, on the fourth anniversary of the, uh, of the murders, uh, police uh, revealed a video, a short clip of a man, uh, probably about five foot six, uh, walking uh, near the Sherman home and uh, in a suspicious fashion, as the police said. And, and because they had collected all this video, they said that, well, he come, this person comes close to the Sherman's home, uh, spends a lot of time there in an area where there's no cameras, and then leaves uh, at some point later, say about an hour and a half later. And so in the documents, I, the police released that because I was about to get it released by the court. So they, they wanted to uh, scoop, uh, scoop Kevin, which they did. It's their right to, of course. They're the cops. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then they released that. They get a lot of tips in. I don't think any of them have amounted to anything. Uh, in the documents that I have uh, obtained from the court, uh, they are quite specific that this is a man and they believe this is the killer, but he might have been working with somebody else. So then they go on this 
lengthy process where they try and see was he talking by cell phone to any of about 300 people uh, mm-hmm. including all of the children including Frank uh, the cousin Carrie Winter um, uh, Jack Kay and anybody who knew uh, the police just had this grab bag of cell phones and they wanted to see if any of those people and by the way they had no suspicion of any of them they just wanted to see if any of them by, was talking to somebody walking in that area and as I've said to the cops, the guy, if he's a killer, he probably had a two-way radio that's not going to be picked up by a cell tower. And they said, yeah, you're actually probably right about that. So that complete waste of, of uh, You told them that. That's right. I told them that. <laughs> complete waste of time, investigative time. And, uh, and so now we think, they think that this is the killer, and maybe it is. Uh, by the way, most, uh, I've checked the heights of, uh, height of most people that are, that are rumored to be involved, and they're all a bunch of six feet, six foot people. Uh, you know, not as tall as you two gentlemen, but you know, they're, very they're few people guys. are Kevin. So I don't know who this uh, this person is. This is the guy with the limp, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the the guy from uh, the fugitive who's you know walking away. <laughs> that's uh, right, picking up his back heel, and uh, so that's 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 where they are, and and. And so, well, that's a pretty good clue, though, isn't it? The way the guy walked, like, I mean, that would eliminate some people unless they're just putting it on. No, the the internet, as you know better than I, it's too bad he didn't just have the one arm because that's a pretty good one. (laughs) Fabulous resource. So, (laughs) as soon as we publish that story, I'm getting uh, some quite reputable doctors telling me that, and they describe a certain medical condition that can cause you to kick up your back right heel, uh, and. So then, you know, I go down that rabbit hole. Um, interesting thing, I um, uh, one of my colleagues, uh, the retired colleagues at, at the Star, had suggested that I reach out to the guy that uh, in England who did the work on the uh, the video from uh, Neil Armstrong uh, and the moon landing, because mm-hmm. that person has done some amazing uh, work uh, remastering that and can actually see Neil Armstrong's face. So I reached out to to him uh, in England, and he got, he said, you know, there's just not enough there's just not a, enough data in the the police mm-hmm. video that you've, you've showed me. So that went went nowhere. Uh, but so why I'm interested in the search warrant documents is, I, as I started looking at it, I've now got three thousand five hundred pages, and some are are completely unsealed, some are blacked out. But I started noticing that. Okay, Carrie Winter is the cousin, Barry's cousin, who was in this longtime lawsuit, and lots of people have said maybe Carrie had something to do with it. His name does not appear anywhere. And Carrie's told me he was interviewed at length. He gave his theories, and they've completely sealed his information. They've also completely sealed, with one tiny exception, anything related to Frank. And I know Frank was very open with the police and told them where he was that night. Um, and so they've sealed that, too. And then Jonathan, the son, uh, who has told me that his own sister believes he was involved in it, they've unsealed part of his interview, but not what people have said about him. And at, at four years, I want to see everything. And uh, we'll see on, I think it's April 27th, uh, we'll get a ruling. That's what I wanted to ask you, Kevin. It's been four years. You've published books. It's something that it's an ongoing investigation. You know, you've written in December, you've written in February, and listening to you talk about it now, I have just two thoughts. Are you frustrated to the point that 
you know, you can sort of see at some point you're going to put this down. And the second part what is, is it something that cons- not I just, the consume is the wrong word. Is it something that you are every day putting some attention to it or are you able to kind of put it aside? So there's kind of a two parter for you. Uh, yeah. Excellent questions as always. I, I, I'm never going to put this down. Um, whenever I start something, I always, uh, always finish it. Uh, usually doesn't take, uh, four years and some odd months. Uh, so I, I'm always going to keep, uh, working at this. I, I'm working on other, other stories, uh, all the time. Um, and this is, I, I, this is in what I call kind of the babysitting mode where I'm, I'm every day. Sure. I'll make, I'm going to make a call today. Uh, uh, my call Frank actually, uh, my call Jack K of Barry's, uh, Long time uh, second in command. Uh, try and talk to uh, Jonathan again. Hasn't talked to me for a while, and because then you can tease out things. And what's interesting, what I've learned about the police is they're not going back to people at all. They don't do that. They're just they seem to be waiting for something to come in the door. Uh, so no, I'm not going to put it down. But I, you know, there's other investigations to do that are of public interest. And okay. Um, you know, I just revisited the Carla and Paul documentary and the horrific bungling by the cops through that thing. Is that what this is sort of like? It, like, ultimately, are we going to find out maybe infighting, whatever, caused this thing to drag on the way it has? Because it just... Or is it the profile that we keep, you know, our other cases drag on like this, but we just are focusing on this because of the profile or. Yeah, I mean, I did a series last year called Death in a Small Town, which was um, very high readership. It was not about a high profile case of a child that died in in southwestern Ontario uh, near my hometown of, of London, actually. And in that case, uh, I, I did a really deep dive into that, and I found the same thing. Um, you know, it took four, it was taking three or four years, uh, and then I did uh, published a series, and then they made an arrest the next week, which was quite interesting. Mm. Um, my point in raising that is is there are certain cases that uh, seem to be just too much for for modern law enforcement in Canada, and, and that one, low profile, and this one, the Sherman, same thing. I, I think the police... We've talked about this before on your show. They, they screwed up by not realizing it was a, a double murder uh, right. out of the gate, mm-hmm. and they, they lost a lot of time. And now, and they're they're dealing with uh, something that is just almost beyond the investigators that are assigned to it. It's it's this is high finance. It's it's a, it's a, you really need to have the A team on it, and I'm not sure that at all times. That has been the case, and because mm-hmm. you're right, it, it's not just your your typical investigation. Right. There's so many things that are intertwined, and, and you say it's it's finance, it's complicated. Do you think? I'm, I'm not sure if I've asked you this before, but do you, if I have, I'll, I apologize. Do you think the people responsible for this feel they've gotten away with it? I do, I do. I think they the people uh, think that they they've outsmarted the cops. And what the cops are saying is, you know, we, we, we still have our persons of interest and, and, and you know, every, every day we're, we're learning new information. And now that I've looked back, uh, I mean, the, the walking man, they released that four years later asking the public, hey, does anybody recognize this person? Yeah. They knew about I now know they know about this person one uh, six weeks into the into the case. That's when you put it on. It's bizarre. The TV, the TV, right, and the internet, and then they they didn't because they thought maybe we'll outsmart this person. Well, the thing is, the person knows 
that he did this, right? And the fact that he, he's getting away from, with this means that he's pretty astute. So I think that's where you 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 put out the image to to the public. And you know, I don't know about you guys, but my memory, I would remember the Walking Man if I'd seen him. You know, in, yes, in the, December within the last of couple of weeks. But it, throw it at me now, no. Yeah. Yeah, and the tragedy is for some, including Frank and those that, you know, sort of their names come up to have that stink on you without resolution. Like anybody that is like flat out innocent, not involved, if they have, again, that stink on them, it's that's a shitty thing to have happen to you. Yeah, I I think it is. And so so for those people, that's why I'm I'm still investigating. Right. Well, and And, and for his friends and for Barry, I I keep in touch with Barry and Honey's friends. uh, they they may not have new information, but but uh, they're quite interested in, in this. And these were their friends. And you know, there's a lot of knock on you know Barry and Honey being not very nice people. They were people. They were and people. They yeah, exactly. And uh, and so I feel that uh, you know it may sound trite to say this, but the you know, justice should be done. Sure, because well, because yeah. the fact is they're dead. Somebody's responsible for it. Some buddies. And and I think if that if that person. Well, ask a weird question. Do you think the people responsible are aware that you are continuing to pick at this? Yes, a hundred percent, hundred percent. They are. I mean, you know, I, I have my own theories, and and I put them to all the people that I think are responsible. And so, yeah, so they they, they know about this. And does that bother your family? Like, do you? Is there any part of you that? <sighs> has to look over your shoulder like the more you pick at it then it could be kevin donovan that uh, solves this case does that uh, is yeah, that precarious that be- in any way <laughs> well yeah i mean if something happened to me that'd be a, a good story for the star so uh <laughs> good story for our podcast yeah, yeah exactly uh, yeah i mean but i but i've felt that over the years and in many many respects i'm not right I'm not worried about that. Uh, sure, the family has from time to time said, ah, you know, uh, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, before we let, we let let's mm-hmm. leave Barry and Honey for a second here. And before we let you go, um, and by the way, Kevin is the Gig Sky guest of the day, but later on this program, we're going to be stalk- talking to our friend Rudra from Gig Sky, and we'll tell the whole Gig Sky story then. Uh, I just note here that you recently covered the uh, the story of Mike Bullard, and a friend of ours, a guy that's been on the show. You covered his private investigator getting 18 months. Tell us a little bit about that. I think most people now know there was a, they're not really sure of the details, but they knew that something went on with Bullard and a CTV reporter, Cynthia Mulligan. So just give us a little bit of a recap, and then what, what's this latest development? Yeah, uh, interesting. So, so Mike Bullard... Uh, uh, was uh, uh, charged with uh, um, uh, criminal harassment. Uh, eventually, pleaded guilty uh, in court uh, to to making some some telephone calls uh, of a harassing nature. Uh, and uh, what came out after that is that uh, that Mike Buller had hired a lawyer. And his lawyer had hired, uh, and, and I don't have any knowledge that, that Mike had any knowledge of what his own lawyer was doing, but his lawyer 
uh, goes out and hires a guy named Mitch Dubrow, who is a, uh, a sort of a Hollywood-style uh, private investigator uh, who also described himself as a paranormal sleuth on his website. Mm. And, <laughs> Great. And Mitch Dubrow uh, goes out and... Uh, and sets about trying to, uh, in his own words, dig up dirt on Cynthia Mulligan and other people involved in in the up, what was going to be an upcoming trial or preliminary hearing and trial, and there never was a trial. Uh, and so he uh, straps a tape recorder on. This is Mitch Dubrow uh, working for the lawyer of Mike Bullard, and he goes to Cynthia Mulligan. He goes to uh, some of her fr- her friends and work colleagues. And he is suggesting that that they uh, either not testify or or some, you know the story somehow be altered and, uh, and and really works them. But he has these these recordings, and eventually the police get wind of this and they charge him with uh, obstructing justice. When somebody is when a, when a trial is coming up, uh, a private investigator is certainly allowed to to look for information and pass it on to the defense lawyer. That's part of our system. You're just not supposed to try and, and sway the person. <laughs> from You're not supposed to blackmail the person. And wow. so uh, uh, this, so the, the police investigate, they charge him and then there was a trial held and he was uh, uh, found guilty by a jury last uh, uh, late last year and, uh, and was sentenced to, as you mentioned, to 18 months uh, and again, Mike Bullard, there's no uh, there's no evidence uh, before the court that said he had anything mm-hmm. to do with this. But there's evidence that his lawyer told uh, Mitch Dubrow, the Hollywood investigator, Hollywood style investigator, the paranormal sleuth, dig up dirt on Cynthia Mulligan. Right. And uh, so now and, and then what, what I found fascinating is that the paranormal investigator tells the court that he's willing to accept whatever the court what sentence the court prescribes for him and then quite soon after that he's appealing and so there'll be a uh, he's going to try and get a new trial uh, at some point uh, in this case and so he's free on bail he's uh, uh, I, I did some you know again people are so helpful in providing information he, he the court was told that uh, he was had, had no money was uh, hundreds of thousands of, no 1.5 million dollars in debt and then I find out that he owned a three and a half million dollar house and had just sold it um, just before he made these uh, these savings were made to the court. So and he's also on um, um, social assistance. So lots of things there. <laughs> the, wow. The, the, the thing is with this our time, lives are so boring. No, exactly. <laughs> I, I I just wanted to talk about what we had for dinner on Thursday night, but this is more. But fascinating. you're not a paranormal sleuth. We know yeah, what. It's too bad. Hey, um, and quickly, you know, through all this, I forget what was the, and, and again, that this is no, that's no uh, smudge or smear on Mike Bullard, what all that stuff. But ultimately, I, I even forget now. What was the bottom line with Bullard? The guilty, not guilty? What? Was well, no, it? he he, yeah, he was not. He pleaded not guilty, or he, he pleaded guilty of making harassing calls. But I mean, Mike's been out doing all kinds right. of talk about this. He wanted to come on the show and he's been on the show before I tried to explain this. It was a very strange, the, the crux of it, mm-hmm. him and Cynthia. It was pretty strange and I, I think ultimately he pled down. Like I don't think she, she yeah. felt completely harassed by him. Yeah, she did and, and he, so he, he pled guilty and 
there, there's no jail time involved and and that uh, you know he's had a bit of a campaign uh, on the internet against uh, against me and uh, but oh, yeah, how so I just just not not uh, not not pleased with my reporting on this but I didn't I had yeah, nothing you didn't make it up I just wrote the, the story so um, but you know I think he has he's moved on with his life and yeah I, it's great he's out there doing stuff and and uh, but this other uh, what I'm interested in a private investigator is that's that's more of a, that's a, there's a real public interest to that and what are private investigators allowed to do and what are they not allowed to do and the judge was quite clear you can't go around doing stuff like this and uh, so we'll see where if he gets a new trial and, and maybe more stuff will come out that's the thing eh? if Bullard ever does stand up again Cynthia might come up on stage and whack him punch him in the face um, <laughs> yeah. He has been out doing stand-up because I, uh, you know, I'm I'm on stage occasionally at Yuck Yucks, but I get the lineup every week. And about a three or four months ago, I started seeing Bullard's name, you know, putting in for spots again. So he's definitely out there. And again, this particular story has nothing to do with him. No, but the the whole thing is sort of weird. And I just mm-hmm. did a quick search. Yeah, he's not real pleased about you. Um, but you weren't again, as Fred said. You didn't make this up. It's not. It's not. Yeah, like yeah. Let's shoot the messenger. Right. Like, I don't get that because I, I heard some of the stuff too. There was a podcast that he was on, and it was. I'm listening to it, thinking, I really this is it just sounds silly. All of it to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Kevin. Anyway, Kevin, we're, we're we like you. Yeah, you're always welcome here. You're our buddy. Uh-huh. And, you know, uh, my wife, who, who I think you both met. Uh, one of her boss said it. Like, you know, you're going the right direction if they're uh, hitting you or stabbing you in the back or something like that. So. <laughs> well, no, for sure. I mean, and and I, I, so just coming back to the uh, murders, just quickly before I go, we we let you go. D- is there a point where you're going to be like, because you look great, but I know you know we're all in the same age category. You're younger than we are, but you know, at some point, you're going to will you just say, all right, well, that's. No. No, no. no. And, and speaking of Kelly, is it one of those things where your spouse is like, I don't want to hear about the murders anymore, Kevin? No, no, no. She, she's, uh, she's great. She, I mean, but the credits for my book, I give her the biggest props because she's the one who uh, keeps me honest. And she's the bus- business person in the family. So there's a lot of business, businessy stuff that she. Sure. With. And, and uh, yeah, no, no, no. She's, she's, uh, she's great. And in fact, she's the one who assigned me to the Sherman case. She, she said, you've got to look into this. And I said, no, no, no. And she said, no, you've got to. So uh, I wow. did. So no. no it's, well, uh, good it's for her. her. See, that's, well, that's the love her, yeah. of a supportive partner. And yep. uh, what a pleasure running into you again, Kevin. You're always welcome here. And I appreciate you. And uh, I'm going to see our mutual friend in a couple of weeks. We uh, get together. We usually watch a round of the Masters together. So I'll see him. I, oh, Fraser. And, Grandpa uh, Fraser. And uh, Angela. Yeah, Fraser. They're listening. They're listening right now. Are they? Because I, I, Fred, do you know that Fraser became a grandfather too? Like in the last three or four months? Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, Grandpa Fraser is one of my best buds. No, I don't. Hopefully, we're forty-two, <laughs> and he looks thirty. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, hopefully we're still doing this podcast when there's a resolution to this Sherman case. So yeah, exactly. We will. We will. Hey, Kevin, thanks Bye very much up. for your time today. We appreciate hey it. Take care. All the Have best to you and the family. There's Kevin Donovan. Thanks, Kevin. 
Yeah, man. I wonder if Kevin Donovan's going to be like one of those guys, like, you know, way retired and then sitting in some sunny spot. All of a sudden, someone just hands him a piece of paper and it's the answer to, you know, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, I, 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 that's why I wanted to ask him if he thought those people that were responsible are out there. They, that those people who did this, whoever they are, they know that. And they know that this guy's out there. They must, I wonder if that worries them. Yeah. You know, another thing. Um, I watch a lot of Dateline NBC. And it's amazing how often investigations get screwed up by police infighting, too. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It, it's wild. You know, one guy wants to be the guy that solved it, and the other guy steps in the way, so maybe ultimately he's the one that gets the credit. And, you know, in the Bernardo case, there was infighting between, you know, the, the you know, um, whatever region police that was and Toronto police and all that shit that comes down, you know? Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's funny, no matter what... Uh, walk of life or what aspect mm-hmm. of you know a human existence whether it's you know policing or you know hosting the Oscars or whatever it's always human beings you know we're all the same I mean you know I can I can put myself in Will Smith's you know shoes for a second and think mm-hmm. something snapped I, I've you know we both have but I'll just you know I've had moments where you know I went into a, a state of rage for a few seconds and then as we said earlier when you come out of it you're like oh my god I feel terrible I said those things or I acted that way I wish I hadn't mm-hmm. and you know when you go back and, and as your point about you know policing it's just people yeah you yeah. know and, and you're right maybe that one person who wanted the credit for it kept information back etc you know Oh yeah, and on and on, on and, and on. on and on. Uh, yeah, have you have you seen that video of the guy with the limp? Or I, I haven't actually. It's pretty creepy. You know, it's a cold night, wintry night, and the guy just walks in front of the house, and yeah, it's and it was just another thing. And I remember reading the story around it, and you can't help but think, like, what's taking so long here? Like, yeah. And as Kevin said, why would they wait so long to release that video? You can't help. Listen, and I can. I know nothing about investigations, but that's one of the first things that came to my mind. Why now? Like this is weird. And again, maybe it, maybe it was person. Maybe they had their reasons. Yeah. And again, and, and another thing yes. Kevin said about not that these aren't the best and brightest, but this kind of investigation is a bit more complicated, mm-hmm. far-reaching, and has so many different aspects from your run-of-the-mill. Homicide. Again, I would say the same thing. I don't know how this stuff works, but I can imagine something as complex as a, you know, double murder of billionaires and all of, you know, is more, there's more to it than just a regular domestic uh, dispute where somebody, you know, gets angry and kills another person. Right. Um, and say what you want about Frank D'Angelo. The man can sing. Not much of an actor, but he can sing. No, oh, yeah, he can. And I, yeah, we we had nothing but positive experiences with Frank right. D'Angelo, and he yeah, was. Let's make sure that we we make that exactly Frank. <laughs> no, and we and we were we were at that time we met Frank. We were fielding all offers, looking at radio mm-hmm. station opportunities, looking at 
You know, we yep. have, we appeared on his talk show as you and I and Carla and another mm-hmm. comedian. And it was just the most awkward, <laughs> but it was interesting. And then he was intrigued by what we were doing. And to his credit, reached out to us and said, guys, we, we'd like to ha- have a meeting with you and get involved and see what you're up mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Freddie. It was, he was quite the guy. <laughs> yeah. We sh- you know what? We should get him back on. He'd be one yeah. of those guys uh, that we could have a conversation with because he's done so much stuff. Anyway, right. do you want to just take a second, if you if you can, and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, one of our other fine supporters? Like the retirement Sherpa. Yes. Yes, Tim Niblett, a uh, portfolio manager, manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Tim was on the show last week. Remember, again, as we approach the end of April, all sorts of tax things to think about. Oh, yeah, there is. I know it's a bit of a drag. You look forward to the spring, but there's always that hanging over your head. But it's part of life, eh? Hey, Tim can help you through all this stuff, answer any questions you might have, have a look at your portfolio, see if it's, uh, you know... It's doing well, and uh, you might want to make the switch to the Sherps. Other people have, and the results have been fantastic. If you're starting from, uh, something from scratch, he's your guy as well. He's the Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. You know, Noel didn't want to get into the details surrounding the death of the Foo Fighters drummer, and I get it. It's not really for him to say, and because he has a personal relationship with some of the people in the organization, totally get it. But we touched on it, danced around it. It's not, it's on the public record that Taylor Hawkins had some issues. I'm assuming, I guess it was being dealt with. But a 50-year-old man dying hours after some video of like there's a interesting video now it's creepy i guess in a way but interesting that in the concert just a few hours before he died there's video of dave Grohl introducing taylor you know this is the last time i guess and just the love that dave Grohl had for this guy and I, I was thinking about that more than most, uh, you know, how he died, I guess, is interesting. But thinking about the nature of their friendship over 25 years and how it was almost instantaneous that they were friends immediately and they had so much in common. And I just thought of that this weekend. Like, what a, what a drag for Dave Grohl. And the Canadian connection. You know, he drummed for both uh, Sash Jordan and... Uh, Alanis and, Morissette. Uh, Alanis Morissette. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. But just, you know a drag and another rock and roll thing. And and one of the things that Noel touched on just briefly is it's tough on the road. You know, I know it sounds exciting. You're in hotels and flown around, but you know, it's an, it's a artificial lifestyle that's created. And if you have issues and, and such, it's a, it's hard to stay away from it. I mean, look at the, he described it backstage at these things and guys were doing Coke and drugs and, but it's so clear cut to ours that up uh, to to those of us that aren't within that grip, eh? Because I can't think of fifty years old, worth millions of dollars, neat little family. Like, isn't that enough? But you you can't say those things because addiction is uh, such a demon, such a horrible thing. You know. Luckily, I've never had to deal with that, so you can't really speak to it. Yeah, and you think, okay, the guy has everything going for him, but mm-hmm. for some something happened on that day, the toxicology will tell us that there might have been a mistake. Like, it doesn't sound like he was doing it, you know, on purpose, and it's like he wanted to end his life. It just sounds like 
the wrong combination got right. consumed. And just look what he's done to the Foo Fighters now. You know, the same but a bit different. Well, like Stephen Page with the Bare Naked Ladies. You know, a couple of decisions he made. Look what it did to that band. Um, you know, obviously he's he's alive, but still, it's. You know, when you're in the grips of something, you make these decisions that, uh, you know, affect others so much. Yeah. It's like uh, back in 95 when Dan Duran decided to leave our show. And uh, yeah. look, look what happened to us. The whole thing went down the shithole. And yet, yeah. and now Remember- he's back. Remember the Bare Naked Ladies, though? Weren't they just on the verge of signing some deal with Disney or something? Yeah, and huge. When Stephen when Steven, uh, had his problems, and that all went in the shitter, apparently. And it's easy to say he or others like him are being selfish, but as we, you know, as mm-hmm. you just spoke to, it's hard to, you know, I, I can only speak personally. You know, you, you think about things you've done while being under the influence or why you have to feel you need right. to be under the influence. You know, it's hard to describe to somebody who's not, who doesn't have mm-hmm. those kind of, mm-hmm. you know, proclivities. Uh, Daniel. Yeah. Uh, we've got our friend Rudra Rishi, a Maharaj coming oh. up in about 10 minutes time, but let's get right to this. Now, here's to a fella named Dandaran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dandaran, the anchor man comes, has for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dandaran, the anchor man's here, he's going to fall in off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. His voice voice is nice and low. And before we get to the news, everybody, Dan Duran's birthday was yesterday. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. And I was uh, uh, fantastic. Dan hates it. Dan hates knowing that he has birthdays. He hates knowing that he has an age. He doesn't like, he likes to pretend that he's eight years old. Right. I thought you'd play when I'm 64 this morning on Dan's behalf. Oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's what you do when a guy so turns 64, oh, right? Oh, sorry. Dan, did you have enough? Standard. Do you have enough stamina now at 64 to blow out the candles on your cake? Hmm? Yeah. Yeah, he uses, <laughs> he uses yeah. his weenie. Oh. <laughs> he uses little. his built-in fire. <laughs> he just... Oh, it's funny. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Out of control. Down here and his birthday, Dandoran. Dandoran. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Dandoran's news today brought to you by Health Gauge. Go to healthgauge.com. Find out why everyone's wearing the watch that keeps track of everything to do with your ecosystem. Use the promo code HUMBLEFREDHG for 15% off at checkout. Healthgauge.com. We're going to talk to Tim Daniels this week. We've kind of missed the last couple of appearances. He'll let us know what's going on with that company and what's going on in Europa uh, as well. So um, in the meantime, go to healthgauge.com. Use the promo code HUMBLEFREDHG and show your support for this program by showing your support for the people that support this program. Now... Now live with the news, Dan Duran, the birthday man. Now? Now, Dan. Now? Now. Okay. Russian tanker trackers are turning off. 
International shipping rules require that tra- trackers are installed on all these big, big ships. Uh, there's a certain size threshold, and then you have to be tracked, just you know, so you don't run into people, and so you know that you know you're not uh, doing uh, illegal stuff. Well, they're doing illegal stuff. Last week, the Ruskies went dark 33 times, and what they're—that's uh, uh, according to Bloomberg—and the U.S. Treasury has flagged it as uh, a deceptive way to evade sanctions. I guess what they're thinking is that these tankers go out somewhere and they do a clandestine uh, transfer of, of oil from one tanker to another, and then that tanker goes off and, uh, you know, somehow, I guess, that they've laundered the oil, in other words, so they can mm. show up somewhere else and somehow have made uh, money from that. The Bastards. Uh, bastards. And then mm. there's uh, the oligarchs with their super yachts, because those super yachts are in that threshold where they need to be tracked. Uh, uh, nine of the super yachts also went dark last week, so they don't really know where they are. And they're just trying to hide their their uh, their asset, basically. Off the top of my head, I can't remember what the guy's name is, but one of the generals that Putin has, that he was responsible for the bombing of, the, of a couple of hospitals and schools. You look at this guy's face. He looks like something like out of an Austin Powers movie, like the like the the, the general does. Yeah, like yeah. he looks like yeah, like a demon or the villain. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. The, okay. His profile. I'll have to send it to you. Something yeah, else. That. Yeah. You know, there's that Sting song. I don't know. You know that one. I hope the Russians love their children too. You know that yeah. song, Sting. I was there's a, an acoustic version of that that I heard. Is that well, the name okay. of the song? Yeah. Uh, I, guys, guys, no, you guys, I guys. I brought that up weeks ago when you played it on the show. <laughs> um, yeah, did I? Yeah, I don't remember. That. <laughs> uh, yes, I made that reference, and then you, as you do, you quickly started playing the, the song. Uh, okay, I don't really remember. <laughs> um, I, 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 I'll be honest with you, I don't. I'm sorry, I don't. No, I know you do a lot of things. I, I, I understand that. You There's a lot, a lot of things. Yeah, a lot of stuff happens. What I was thinking about, though, is not so much the Russians, but Put- Putin. Putin. <laughs> yeah. You just wonder, like, he know, like. The same way I was saying about the Sherman murders, the people that did it know who they are. They know they did it. They're out there somewhere. There's human beings that were responsible for that. Putin can say to his people all he wants that he's there to denazify the Ukrainian, whatever the fuck he's saying. But he knows in his heart, like he knows that those children have died and he knows that human beings have died because of his actions. Mm -hmm. So you just wonder... I was saying this to Rachel. There's a great, speaking of one of his generals, there's a, a great, a, an interesting shot of Putin fishing with this guy, this, his best buddy, one of the generals. And I thought to myself, seeing that picture, he's just, in the picture, he's got a shirt off, he's at a campsite, they're, they're fishing, and he looks like he's having a beverage. And I thought, well, how does that During guy... This thing? Pardon me? During this, like no, during no, the- no. There's just, oh, okay. I'm saying that the oh. one of the guys that's his right hand man, one of the generals. Oh, okay. There's a shot of him and his buddy Vladimir out on a fishing trip, and I thought, looking at the picture, I thought, well, that's just a regular guy. How does he, as a sort of a dude, how does he reconcile all this mayhem, chaos, and death that he's bringing to people? It's not really a question. It's more of an observation. But when I saw the picture of him at the lake, I thought, at one point in his development, he was just a guy at the lake with his buddy. Fuck playing bocce and shit. Well, that's not going to carry it away. He's he's got the personality. He's not not that kind of crazy. (laughs) 
He's not that kind of fucking tyrant. Uh-huh. He's that? obviously the kind of guy that can disconnect his emotions from whatever he's doing. He doesn't really... He has no disconnected his empathy, you know, gene or whatever. Doesn't think... In the, like, I guess when you're thinking in terms of running a country as large as Russia, you're always making decisions about, you know, millions and millions mm-hmm. of people. So you're, yeah. it's not a personal kind of thing. So for him, you know, a bunch of people dying. Who cares? It's like they're going to die anyway. So, you know, whatever. Plus, you know, we don't want to be guilty of what so many others are when, you know, you play the team game. But how's the saying go? You know, uh, sometimes you can't say what everyone is thinking. Uh, this uh, Putin or this uh, Biden line there on the weekend. I mean, that's dangerous shit. Like, there's no getting around it. You know, saying this man can't remain in power. I remember even before it became a thing, as soon as I heard he had said that, I thought, ooh, is that the right thing to say in a situation like this? Why would you want to uh, sort of poke the bear? Poke the bear escalation yeah. uh, talk and all that. I mean,. <laughs> Kind of, I kind of think that one is overblown a little bit, though. Well, if, it's yeah, like, but if, yeah, if yeah, Trump it's said it, we'd be like, you know, if Trump said it, we'd be all like up in arms and fucking going wacky and shit. Yeah, uh, it's funny. I when I heard it, I didn't think it was that big a deal either. I had to actually go and have it explained to me by the internet as to why that was such an, an inflammatory comment. Of course, the White House has since walked it back. And then I also thought at the same time, simultaneously, w- can you imagine the kind of shit Trump would be saying, though? <laughs> it's like, it yeah. really is like, say what you want about Papa Joe, you know, grandpa's an old man. But, you know, I think he's doing a pretty decent job of being presidential, at least during this. Yeah. I guess, but I, you know, I, you I honestly, that's I fine. I'm, honestly, I can't speak to that. I, 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 I've tried to detach myself a bit, the coward that I am. I just think, you know, sometimes out of sight, out of mind, I don't have to think about oh, for know, sure. consequ- the consequences of this thing. But, um, you know, he went off script there. Those things are carefully written in situations like that, and it was over. And then he throws that out, and... It's no wonder they walked it back. And, and listen, we're all thinking that. I want the. I want to see the guy die a slow and horrible death, Putin. But no. you can't say that. Hey, um, before I almost, I forgot to bring this up with uh, Kevin Donovan. Dan, do you know the name Peter Goddard? Longtime Toronto Star entertainment oh, right. writer, yeah, yeah. And been around. And uh, Fred and I encountered Peter along the way. He wrote some stuff about it. We we we've had him. We had him in our world years ago. You don't didn't think just, so? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, didn't didn't you just about buy a house from him or something? Like that? No, that was the uh, publisher of the Sun. Oh, okay. Well, but yeah, he uh, he passed away. I think uh, just a name in the news. Well, Been I'm around. Sure it was the vaccine? Yeah, it was a baby. It's. I've seen different ages though. I heard uh, 70-something and also 62 is what it says here. Born in 1960. Oh, no. He, he, he's, he's way older. He's than older that. than me. Jesus. Yeah, that's what I say. He's even older than Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Born in uh, 1943. Aging. Dan doesn't want to talk about it, you know, getting so older. So he's 43? So he's 17 years older than me. So 78, yeah. 79. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, all right, Dan, uh, we have uh, Rudra standing by. Well, 
Uh, do you want well? Do you want to pop back in for the goodbyes or yeah, sure, I'll do that. pop back in? Well, yeah. you know, with all the what's going on in the world, with you know a war and uh, a significant death and face uh, slap, Oscar <laughs> uh, controversy. Maybe we should extend the show today. Oh yeah, some extra podcast extra. Yes, remember we used to do that. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's have a chat with this angel, Rudra Rishi Maharaj. Good morning, Howard. Good morning, Fred. Happy birthday, Dan. Hey, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Dan doesn't like to acknowledge birthdays, Rudra, as you know. He's just like, I don't know what I don't know how old I am. Hey, hey that, that seemed like a genuine reaction, though. Yeah. How do you not know how old you are? That's my favorite part. Oh, I don't know. I, I just exist. I'm Why so you pre- by pretending you don't. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's one of his best go, bits, man. actually. <laughs> When were you born, Dan? I don't know. Was I born? Okay. All right. You're so in the moment. Uh, Rudra Rishi Maharaj. Yeah, he's just bailed. Uh, Rudra, talk about people that have been supporting this program for a long time now. And this fellow, you know, I was talking about you with my brother, Stephen, who loves this show. Edmonton Steve, of course, you would know him. Yep. Uh, did we play golf with him or was it my other? I can't remember. I thought no, we played with, I played uh, with you, Stephen and David at different times. That's right. Um, and he, Stephen had a diagnosis in one of his hips uh, similar to yours. And I said, I think Rudra had both of your hips. Did you not have both done? Yeah, I did both actually just over two years ago now. I had them both done. Because I remember right at, yeah, at the was, same time? Yeah. Yeah, it was the last day before the lockdown in 2020, March 13th. It was a Friday. Wow. Uh, that uh, had them both done uh, and you know got it done at the perfect time. Often that's done one and then the other, right? So that's... Uh... Yeah, lots, lots of people do it that way. Um but I, when I went to the uh, orthopedic surgeon, I, I asked him or said to him, uh, we're doing both, right? And that's a statement, not a question. And uh, he said, yeah, as long as there aren't any complications, we'll go ahead and do both. So we did it all at the mm-hmm. same time. And this is good fodder for our demographic. Uh, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, it's <laughs> funny. Talk. It is because Stephen, my older brother, is six. He's the same age as you. He's 65. Yeah. He's not as old as Dan. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, the thing about Dan's birthday, we don't really know when it is. So he could be 75. But uh, it, it, it's definitely something I because I, mm-hmm. the conversation that Stephen and I had. And again, that's why I thought of you, Rudra, mm-hmm. is I said, you know, if you want to talk to Rudra, I'll, I'll hook you guys up because. Part of the conversation was you shouldn't get it done too early. It only lasts a certain amount, which is why I thought of you and the fact that they did both of yours at the same time. And, you know, yours, I don't even think you're not you're in your 50s, aren't you? Or your late 50s? Yeah, I'm 58 right now. So did they was there uh, some conversation around not getting it done too soon? No, that conversation really was, you know, earlier on when they were starting to do hip replacement surgeries. The procedures that they have now and everything else is considerably better than what they had before. Okay. Uh, like, uh, you know, there are some some of my friends who've had it done, and they were laid up in bed for a couple of weeks before they were able to move. I was at home 24 hours after I got out of the hospital. Seriously? And, and walking around. Um, you know, the only... Uh, issue whatsoever I had was the uh, post-operative constipation, <laughs> but that was it. Yeah, trouble yeah, with the poopy. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that was again at, again, at the beginning of the uh, the uh, lockdown when toilet paper 
paper was rare. So, you know, th- that was the side benefit of having constipation. Didn't even think <laughs> <of it. laughs> what, what, and, what, and that came from what? The Tylenol 3s or the Percocets? Or no, what? it was oh. the anesthetic mostly oh, okay. to cause yeah. that. All right. Well, I'm ready to move on from your hips to uh, something that is really quite, uh, oh, I would say current. But we've been talking about, you know, Gig Sky in terms of the world opening up for some time. But now, you know, people are starting to think uh, international travel, etc. But we'll, we'll get to why that's important for Gig Sky. And I got an, by the way, just honestly, Rujo, this just happened. This uh, email came in. One hour ago. Hi, guys. Just wondering what the code is. I'll let you see the email. <laughs> Just wondering what the code is for the Gig Sky discount. I see the gigs. I see the guest of the day mentioned every day. But you might want to include the code as well. Thanks very much. A loyal listener in Adelaide, South Australia. And it's oh, Brian sweet. Johnson. Uh, mm-hmm. Brian, thanks for your email. And I honestly, I didn't save this from weeks ago. This just came in today. So why don't we start answering Brian's question and why it's important that he's emailing us from Australia is because Gig Sky also works in 190 countries. So why don't you take uh, take it from here? Yeah, absolutely. I'd just like to start off by you know making sure that everyone understands it's a slap free zone. You know, there won't be any slapping going on. That's right. No matter uh, what know, Fred or I say, you're not going to drive down here and try and slap us in the face. Well, I'll promise to do that if you promise to say that. Okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, there's uh, the code, first of all, is HF2022. So you can use that uh, for his uh, purchase of his data plan. But yes, absolutely. It's uh, 190 plus countries. Well, a little fewer now since we've sort of blocked off service in Russia and Belarus and and not a whole lot is going on in Ukraine these days uh, as far as service goes and travel. But, you know, it's, it's there. You know, people are... Traveling now, the restrictions for COVID testing and everything else is changing quite rapidly. You almost have to check it every day to see what the latest changes are. And just uh, this morning and just a little while ago, uh, Keith Weiland uh, was uh, just messaging me about his plans and his trip that he's going down to the U.S. So I just, you know, he had a couple of questions. So I just messaged him back and uh, gave him the updates. But, yeah, it's... um, Things are opening up. I'm going to Ireland myself at the end of April. I'm going to do about 10 days and about eight rounds of golf while I'm there. But, uh, you know, wow. travel all around is opening and, up. And, and by the way, that one guy, that who, what's your buddy's name that I met playing with? Nice guy. Collie. Collie. So he's, yeah. uh, it's funny because you had your both hips done one year. Collie <laughs> had his knee done. Yeah. And uh, I remember playing with both of you. I'm like, those guys have got replacement parts, and I'm still using all my shitty original. <laughs> well, you, you, that was just after you got back from uh, Phoenix, and you. Oh, that's right. Issues. My my heart problems. So, yes, that's right. So yes. So was the bionic trio there? Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, so it, it's it's obvious that now people ha- have the ability to travel, and and I know you've said it, it's opened up uh, for a lot of countries. But maybe explain to somebody who's not 100% sure, you know, I know everyone knows you can download it for iOS and Android, all that stuff. But maybe give some context, because Fred and I have had the experience of using GigSky, but not everyone listening has. Oh, yeah. You know, um, a long number of years ago, even when Rogers and Bell and everyone else started using the Roam like home, it it was a lot very convenient uh, for everyone. But when you started actually using it, you saw that the price... 
over a week or for a, an extended vacation, it started adding up quite a bit mm-hmm. um, uh, for your data usage. And, you know, there's that story in 2016, I think it was in Brazil, where during the Olympics, a Japanese wrestler was out there playing Pokemon and had like a $6,000 bill <laughs> on his, his right. data charges. So, you know, our service allows you, allows customers to travel internationally, you know, connect with a data uh, provider there, the mobile providers on the service, and and um, you know use data at a considerably less rate. And now you know the technology is changing in phones uh, quite a lot. Uh, like the iPhone has had the eSIM capability for quite some time, and uh, the Samsung, the S twenty one, I think uh, as of December they had had a software upgrade come out that enable that to use as a as an eSIM phone, and now the S22 that is out also has the eSIM capability. So, you know, the the evolution of the mobile uh, usage is just continually changing. Uh, you know, uh, internationally, uh, there's different ways to, to use it um, and different ways to uh, get connected and stay connected. Okay. And it's just wildly, wildly convenient. It, oh, absolutely. You know, and, and with the eSIM phones now, I, I, yeah. you know, it depends on your your use and how you want to use it. I know, Fred, when you were in Florida, you had a specific use case and, yep. you know, you didn't necessarily want to walk around with the hotspot with you. Right. Uh, you know, uh, but if you are uh, using a hotspot for multiple devices, it's great for that because then you can only have yeah. one plan. But if you're just going around and have uh, for yourself, and you're going around traveling, walking through a city and want to just look up at your phone, you know, the eSIM on your phone uh, is very easy to use now and download and just turn it on and you've got your data plans there uh, and you're good to go. And you, so you don't have to necessarily have the hotspot. Although it is convenient for yeah, I was going to say for and for people who are new to our group, Fred's hotspot. We're we're just we're talking about a device. We're not talking about something a medical problem. <laughs> oh my God, Fred's hotspot. Uh, you can, uh, as you say, it's the easiest, yeah. most affordable, and convenient ways to to stay connected. Uh, thank you for uh, your support, and of course, Ravi and. Uh, I'm not sure what ex- she's on an executive, but I think she's running the place. Jennifer, um, thanks to everybody at GigSky. GigSky.com code is HF202020, uh, HF2022. And uh, before we let you go, um, I can't remember. Did you get a new driver? Because that's what's really important. Yep. Okay. I got the uh, Stealth. Uh, oh, yes. Got it delivered. Went out to one of the an indoor uh, range recently and or a few weeks ago and used it. It's, uh, you know, I... I love the sound that it goes. Like you take a practice swing and just the sound that it has going through the air. It's just, uh, you know, I haven't used a driver that has that sound any time. What's that good for? 7580 art? No, no, no. no. (laughs) Rudra hits it like a grown-up. Rudra, uh, thank you. Well, yes, that's the uh, sponsor of my other podcast, uh, TaylorMade. Uh, is the uh, company that makes the stealth uh, driver. It's what yeah. everyone's talking about. It's carbon wood technology. But like I said on the show the other day, when you hit it, you'll get wood. Uh, Rudra, thank you very much. You're a good man. Give our yeah. best to the family, and uh, and we'll talk soon. Once again, gigsky.com is where you go to download the app for free. And by the way, uh, just quickly... I forgot about this part, but this is the travel rewards. What will people find when they when they sign up for travel rewards? 
Well, it's actually, uh, you don't necessarily have to sign up for the travel awards itself. It, as you've got a GigSky account, you have access to use the travel rewards. So you can just go on to uh, the travel rewards section of the um, uh, of the app or on the web page, uh, you know, your account online. And, okay. you know, you can search your destination. There are uh, things, you can look up things to do, events, uh, you know, places to go, uh, you know, theme parks, etc. And and get the discounted rates and, you know, get some money back too on there. Uh, so it's a, it's a pretty good program. Uh, I was actually planning to use it, you know, when I go to Ireland and, and use it for the rental car uh, I get there. So it'll be, uh, I'll be using it myself. Fantastic. All right, my friend. Um, I'm sure I'll talk to you before you go, but thanks for today. All the best. Give my best to Collie. Good luck with you and your new hips and, and your new drive <laughs> technology and when i yeah. said 75 80 yards i meant add to that add 75 80 yards oh, oh I yeah see what of course that's i didn't what mean I he was hitting at yeah. seven yeah, oh, i think again yeah. that's yeah. me yeah and I wonder when i said fred's hotspot i wasn't yeah. talking about an erogenous zone hotspot uh okay all right man take right. care of yourself see you okay, buddy that's uh rudra rishi maharaj Bye. he's a sweet man uh, it's funny i i played with him golf with him i golfed with him months not that long after he had both both of his hips replaced now dan a man in your 70s uh for a guy for a guy your age you're really in remarkable shape you don't seem to ever be bothered by the things like you know i got stinging pee hole he had to have his prostate shaved but you just seem to go along blithely you know just everything is fine well, maybe I just don't go to extremes on anything. Mm-hmm. As you what does that mean? Go to extremes? Well, you know, like I'm not, uh, I'm not golfing. Uh, you know, every you know minute of the day. Mm-hmm. You think that's why my pee hole stings? Well, I'm sure it, it's contributed to it. It's got to go back to golf. <laughs> really? Why wouldn't it's, it? Yeah, it does. It stretches the urethra. <laughs> Uh, I gotta. If we have time tonight, when you're at my house, maybe you can unpack that last part. Oh yeah, well your golf's can contributed to your. Yeah. Well, it's contributed many great things. I'm sure that oh, you're yeah. way more physically. Well, fit what about Fred? Golf, what about but... Fred's terp? He didn't have. My point is, Dan doesn't ever seem to have anything wrong with him. My terp was uh, directly uh, connected to bocce. Just that motion. <laughs> Stretched that's right. prostate Stretched mid prostate yeah. well, I thought maybe um, That's where you keep your balls When you're not using them <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking of Dan though They ever do um, You know the Joe Biden story The movie He could play the later years Joe Biden the later years You know Yeah Sort of that stature That mm-hmm. awesome, distinguished yeah. looking man Yeah You know who does a good Joe Biden Is Dana Carvey I, mean, I was listening to Oh yeah His uh, podcast with David Spade Mm. Again, I know he's way more famous than we are, and blah, blah, but Dana Carvey is just horrible on it. But he does great impressions. Like, I, I was listening to Dana Carvey and at a David Spade talk to Judd Apatow. And it was just one of those things where David Spade and Judd Apatow had this great conversation going. And in the background, you just hear Dana Carvey just doing impressions and yelling. And it was just weird. But he does a great Joe Biden. Can I um, just at this moment tell, tell you about a basketball game going on tonight? I wish you would. Yeah. On behalf of, uh, you know, on Bodog, you know, you can wager all the North American sports. And uh, tonight at the Scotiabank Arena, hopefully there won't be a fire in the ceiling that uh, causes the arena to be evacuated. Yeah, how strange was that? 
Yeah, it was very strange. My son was there. He said it was crazy. There was actually flames coming out of the speaker. Yes. And they're in a tough position. you got to evacuate the place because one person gets burnt and you're, you want to talk about a lawsuit. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the Raptors tonight and the Celtics, a big game in the uh, Eastern Conference. Yes, your Raptors are favored. The Celtics, uh, they pay $155 to win the over-under 212 points. Woo! Uh, just uh, an example of what you can wager on, um, on Bodog. They've uh, been around since 1994. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich uh, poker room to their fully loaded casino and racebook. They've been providing Canadian players, yes, with an unparalleled gaming experience for over 25 years. Bodog. Bodog. Here's some uh, reaction. <clears throat> I've already told you about, you know, Conan O'Brien saying, I, can I borrow a talk show for tonight yeah he says just saw the will smith slap anyone have a late night show i can borrow for just for tomorrow (laughs) i like uh what michael moore said of course uh what got lost in this is that chris rock was up there to award something for best documentary and moore says as usual when it comes to (laughs) usual when it comes time to hand out the documentary oscar all hell breaks loose (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's Michael Moore. Uh, That's Jimmy Kimmel makes the point. I know the big story is the slap, but congratulations to Amy Schumer and Wanda Sykes and Regina Hall, who were very funny. I hope that isn't overshadowed by the unpleasantness. I didn't see any of that, but what did you think of them as uh, presenters? Well, when they first come up, it was the, the three of them, the awkward, you know, sort of forced humor stuff. But then Amy come up by herself, and she was very funny. She had a couple of great lines. I can't remember them off the top of my, but off, off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, solid. Didn't Regina Hall do some pat downs of uh, you know really attractive men or something like that? Was that was that awkward? That, yes, thing? I uh, that I saw that wasn't too funny. But the first thing that came to my mind in 2022 was a guy couldn't do that to three no, women. Of course not. Um, Maria Shriver uh, says we should never get to a place where we sit and watch a movie star hit someone on global television, then moments later get a standing ovation while talking about love. Like, I, I know it's show business and there was a lot of shock thinking maybe it was staged, etc. And I think what you said too, Freddie, about, you know, he could have done a lot of things. Could have given him the finger, could have yelled from this, from where he was, hey, keep my, my wife's name out of your mouth. You know, he could have done that. But uh, like, that's a decision, that walk up decision. And that striking someone in the face decision is going to be something that Will Smith will have a hard time distancing himself from. I know it'll die down, Fred. By the end of this week... Will it? No, but I'm, I'm talking about the next... Listen, if I were you, I'd get back on social media for 24 hours because it's all anyone's going to be talking about. Well, that's what I mean, but it, it'll... The thing is, will that ever go away? No, that's my point. Yeah. It'll, the, yeah. the, the initial surge is going to die down. But oh, I just, okay. That's my point. Mm-hmm. It will never... He'll never distance himself from this. No, no. And that's... No. It's career limiting in any way. I, I don't know about that. I, I could. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. It's it's what we said earlier, and we've said it. But he is going to spend days regretting that walk, and he physically struck somebody. Yeah. Whenever his name comes up from now until the end of the time, whether you're a comic, there'll be some goofy little line attached to that, or 
whether you not, there'll always always be some reference made yes. to that act, and that's him now. Yeah, whether he likes it or not. Yeah, and the, and the shame and the shame of it is. Hmm. I can't remember if Dan, have you seen King Richard? I know. No, I haven't. Fr- seen Freddie, it. you've seen it, right? Oh. Yes, loved it. The shame of it is, we both love the movie, mm-hmm. and uh, generally think pretty highly. Uh, most people think I have a good opinion of Will Smith. Like, I don't know all about that stuff with their marriage and sexuality. That, you know, you read stuff, but that isn't really what I think of Will Smith. That's not what I think of. But you're right. When we all think of him now going forward, this is what we'll associate with. I'm just curious, like, to hear what Chris Rock thinks of it. Because there's nothing. I've looked as much as I could before the show. I've not seen Chris Rock says this. Have you guys? No, I'm sure he's. Yeah, can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, forget what Will Smith is thinking right now. But Chris Watts, how embarrassing for him. Yeah, and he couldn't believe it. Um, he's if got. I were he's, him, on, I he's on tour. He's on tour right now. He's uh, mm-hmm. doing his uh, ego death world tour. Was what he's calling it. I'm sorry, Dan. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, if I were him, I wouldn't say anything at this point. I mean. It, it, he it, taking the high road by just saying, you know, distancing himself from it is probably the best way for him to yeah. deal with it all, in my opinion. I'm looking at his Twitter feed. He hasn't said anything about it. He hasn't, eh? Not a thing. Guy. Yeah. No. And the thing is, that's part of that sort of Oscar culture With a, when a comic gets up there. He takes shots at people, and really, the only... Even with her, that condition, as you say, it's not cancer or anything like it. You can have a little fun with that. Her head shaved. You and know, you, to some people would be like almost like, yeah, I don't mind that he acknowledged that. I'm going through this and, yeah, have some fun with it. I don't know. Well, and the thing is, you know, I, I, again, I don't know. I, my older brother could maybe talk more about why the word narcissism keeps coming up in these articles but it does it's not i think you explained it pretty yeah, good. but but there's something about that moment where you decide listen and you can see it on will smith's face that something snapped in his brain that he thought and he walked like to walk out of your chair onto the stage yeah is a bold enough move but then to physically strike another person in front of an entire world of you know, as you said off the top, it's all anyone is going to be talking about today. And it's, a, it's I was going to say, it's nowhere near the magnitude of the other things that are going on in our world. America just passed a million dead people from the fake virus. You know, the, the leader of the free world basically is calling for, looked like he's calling for a regime, regime change and the other big super, I mean, there's a lot of shit going on. But this is one of the things we talk about, Freddie, about the, it's, the, the barrier for entry into this conversation is pretty low. Everyone can have an opinion about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. It's like when we were talking last week about, uh, uh, you know, what Bill Clinton did and what Trump did. Like, you know, Bill Clinton, what he suffered for getting a blowjob in the Oval Office. And Trump, they can't really seem to nail him. And it gets back to that. You know, I mean, to the average goober, a blowjob in the Oval Office is a lot easier to understand than some legal thing in the Southern District of New York. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
that's really that's where this all comes from. And again, today that's all. This is it's just so easy for people today to jump on that because well, you know these entertainment shows that they nauseate me when I see them every night, but they're there for a reason. You know, they get better. Some of them get bigger ratings than newscasts. Well, yeah, because they're easier to understand. Like, I've never seen, yeah. and I'm not just saying this to be like, oh, I'm so cool. I've never seen one minute mm-hmm. of one episode of anything to do with the Kardashians, but I know who they are. Yeah. I can name a couple of them. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? I'm aware of who they are because it's easy to understand. Mm-hmm. You know, I, one of the, I, I had actually planned to say one of the reasons I don't watch the Oscars anymore, part of it is because I can quickly recap anything I need to know for this show, but I'm not interested in shows about shows. I'm not. I, I rather, I. I'd rather I, I would rather watch the entertainment than watch entertainment that's based on talking about entertainment, which is one of the reasons that we dropped, you know, a lot of uh, the entertainment shit on our show years ago because we we're like, it's, mm-hmm. first of all, everyone's going to be talking about it, and also doesn't mm-hmm. interest. At one point, we had to talk about it because that was sort of your, our jobs. And then people become stars from talking about stars. Yes. It's yeah. weird. It is weird. It really is weird. Yeah, it is. Anyway. Um, and really, the con- the conversation uh, should be about whoever won the the Oscar for Best Picture or whatever last night, right? Not not this, and that's overshadowed. But that's, it's, that's even a whole other story we've talked about. Those circle jerk goddamn award shows. Like, who gives a shit anymore? No, exactly. Well, and As you said, there was a time for those, but we've, we're long past. Well, look at the ratings. They're pathetic. I mean, the last couple of years, the Oscars have been different during COVID. I think right. from what I recall, this was one of the first ones that they've had sort of back to normal. But mm-hmm. but what we should have been talking about today, and again, I've, in a weird way, it, it's too bad because, you know, black actors haven't won a whole lot of Oscars for best actor. And the, and the movie highlights a positive black family experience. And I yeah, say this, all that's, all that's gone now. Too bad because them, and also too bad because, as we've said, Dan, it's a great movie. I, not greatest movie I've ever seen, but it's a very good movie. And then I just finished watching the four part series of uh, We Need to Talk About Cosby. Like, mm. it's again, the, the black community, you know, it's there's, there's not a whole lot of, um, great role models will smith was one bill cosby you know did a lot of good for a lot of the black community and again now this is what we're going to be talking about versus the family that was the venus or sorry the williams family and anyway it's just too bad oh it's all alopecia's fault Mm -hmm. alopecia (laughs) it's all her fault uh yeah I could say it's terrible. Alopecia. Isn't, doesn't yeah, she work for the fault. Smiths? Doesn't, isn't she? Her fault. Blame her. Doesn't alopecia work for the Smiths? Isn't she? I think so, yeah. She's their uh, yeah, nanny. Yeah. Um, um, one other thing I w- like to say. Um, earlier, I was talking about that Pat Smear being uh, married to the girl from Q107. I, I didn't want to throw it off like, oh, I don't. Well, I didn't know. But her, her name was Rebecca Gibb, and I think... She did, like, traffic with Jesse and Gene and stuff. Oh, yeah. But anyway, yeah. somewhere along the line, she hooked up with Pat Smear, and now she's the wife of a rock star. It's funny. Every time you say that, I'm like, she's married to Pap Smear? That doesn't seem... Yeah. Pap Smear? Is he in the... 
Uh, it's now we're going to close the show here in a second. I just looked on Facebook, of course. One of the questions our buddy Darren said, "Did you guys both have the lamb?" Well, that's the kind of story we'll leave till tomorrow. <laughs> Here's a little teaser. Yeah. Yes, the calamari was lightly breaded. <laughs> that's right. Okay, let's put it before that speculation gets out of hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, did you mention anything about the Canadian soccer team? Oh, oh my yeah. God! My God! Did they beat you know, Jamaica for the unbelievable? I watched that soccer game beginning to end. You know, it's like anything else, right? It transcends sports. It becomes an event, a patriotic moment. And uh, I watched it, and the Canadians beat them four nothing. Poor Jamaican guys. I, you know, you know what it was like outside yesterday. This this game's at BMO Field. It's minus six with a high wind. It must have felt like minus fifteen. The game so Canada. Canada wins 4 nothing to qualify for the World Cup for the first time since 1986. Uh, just a fantastic story. At the end, it was fun to watch and all the young Canadian guys so proud. They're playing outside here yesterday. Mm-hmm. While I was on the Gardener, I took Rachel home at uh, somewhere around midday. And this was, you know, I'm looking at it now. It's, it's snowing sideways now. Outside my door. Bright but, sunshine here in Brampton. Well, it's always sunny in Brampton. Yes, it um, is. But yesterday, <laughs> we chose not to take the dog outside. It was that fucking cold here. Good move. Like, mm-hmm. it, we were going to go, we go to this dog park near her house. So I drove, you know, in the middle of yesterday, we made a decision not to stand outside. I can't imagine what it would have been like running around in soccer shorts all afternoon. Mm-hmm. But good for us, you know, good for Canada. So now they're going to Qatar, how do you ever pronounce it? Qatar. Qatar. I don't know. Qatar. Qatar. Welcome back, so Qatar. They're, they're playing minus uh, some, you know, minus four temperatures here with the wind chill and everything else, but they're going there to play where... <laughs> well, that's a whole other issue. 40 they, or something, right? Like, again, that was like, who got paid off for that? Because it's just ridiculous that they would play soccer in those conditions. That apparently at that time of year, yeah, it can be over 100 degrees. And it's like, it just makes no sense. Yeah, it made sense for somebody. Yes, it did. Kitching. <laughs> All right. Uh, tomorrow on the show, um, you can dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. But if your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, then they're no friends of mine. Is that how it goes? Uh, the safety dance know. guy, no, Ivan from you. Men Without Hats. Sorry, I'm not up on all the words to the fucking song. I can't believe I know all the words to that song. I can't either. Wow. <laughs> I, can't, uh, I can't add fractions, but I know that. Um, Ivan from Men Without Hats tomorrow. Also, for you Hundy Peas, we will go into some mind-numbing. <clears throat> as one of our uh, listeners said, I don't want to give this away because it'll be part of tomorrow's big emails, but somebody said... Uh, Hey guys, I'm really looking to the looking forward to the five part in depth mini docu series breaking down the dinner, <laughs> which is great because I th- I guess we talked like for the better part of 25 minutes on Thursday about what we might have for dinner. Yeah, so that's tomorrow. Yep. I'm not going to say a word about it. I'm not even going to say whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. I'm going to leave that till tomorrow. All right. Uh, before we go, though, don't forget about this fine outfit. Cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. 
it's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. And Dan Duran, uh, before we say so long, happiest of birthdays yesterday and many more to come. Okay? Thank you, sir. Thank you. This episode of... What's that, Freddie? (laughs) When you sit down to have a pee today, your bag touches the water. It's because you're 64. (laughs) Are you kidding me? That's in the Beatles song lyrics. Exactly. (laughs) You know, anthropo... (laughs) I just... Before... You know what? If if Dan Duran dies, you know how they'll find out how old he is? They they cut his dink and they count the rings. Oh, they got the rings. (laughs) This episode of Hello and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and GoDaddy. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember to like and subscribe so you can hear them again tomorrow when they'll have time to break down their first dinner together in 2022. Lamb, flower dusted calamari, and eating with masks. Mm. Clap your hands. Where's that?